The Will Cain Show podcast is presented by the Capital One Venture Card. Earn unlimited double miles on every purchase every day. What's in your wallet? The Ryan Rossillo Show podcast. Adnan Thursdays mean everybody's in a great mood the entire three hours, including Adnan. If you were in a bad mood, would you tell me? I don't even know. Uh, I think I'd just feel a bit quieter than normal. And you'd be able to be like, all right, I think he's a little bit. I can't wait to see the what you're like game. when you're old. When you're really old. <laughs> think, Sitting in my yeah, diaper, assisted yeah. living. Yes. Just popping wheelies in the wheelchair. You're going to be so social at the nursing home. Playing backgammon. Yeah. If that still exists at that time. I mean, who knows what's going to happen in your love life. Like, hopefully everything works out. <laughs> no, perfect. you're right. But, like, yeah. I could see you dating multiple, you know, like, ah, you know, I got a, I got an 80-year-old and wing maybe, D. I was going to say, I don't know about dating, but maybe yeah. flirting quite a bit. Flirt. You're going to be I, a crazy I, I flirt at the right. nursing home. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what's going on? And that guy to... used to be on ESPN. Like, yeah. now he's just a crazy old flick. Yeah, yeah, right. Watching his old movies. He's going through Reader's Digest trying to find spelling errors. <laughs> I love Reader's Digest. It really yeah. helped him. No, when, I, when I used to go to my grandmother's nursing home, there was Reader's Digest in there. And apparently, uh, did you know this? This is the oldest story maybe I'll ever tell. Like I'm it. too young at 42 to tell it. But the, apparently, if you could find a grammatical error in Reader's Digest, they'd send you a check. Really? Yeah. So she was like, get at it. So oh, I'd, I'd light her up, the Paul Malls, and then I'd look through Reader's Digest. But, I mean, I was a kid, so I mean, what am I going to figure? Because I'm going to screw up with seven, you know, because yeah. there's a rule with quotes, more than seven words, comma, yeah. you know. That's great. Yeah, I it's couldn't figure of, it out. Like certain things like have changed, right, in terms of the way people consume media now and, you know, print media. <laughs> but I love the fact that Reader's Digest, at least for a couple of guys like you and me, brings about good memories. Like that, that's I didn't actually have nostalgia. a great time. It was all secondhand smoke. Well, Old people were touching me. I mean, I love my grandma, but... But were you waiting to see the number of tweets people are going to go, hey, you know what? I was also a Reader's Digest guy. Can we double check that Reader's Digest used to send you a check if you found a grammatical error? Because now it's just everybody just goes on Twitter right away <laughs> and they don't only, not only find grammatical errors, they find everything else. Okay. Right. So that's how we're starting the show. There, We need to do an update, too, on the famous person that I sent a text to and they said who and where in response to me when I put my name in the text. So that wasn't a huge <laughs> ego boost yesterday. But it is an ego boost Thursday because Adnan Verk is Thank here. You, the Rosillo Show. Straight talk. Time for straight talk. Wireless. Best phones. Best networks. No contracts. I did an emergency Rosillo NBA pod today. Yeah, we had to. We had to get it out. And last night watching Joel Embiid and the Sixers beat the Lakers, it was... And I'm kind of joking about this, but I feel like Joel Embiid's birthday should now be November 15th, 2007. <laughs> Coming out party. Absolutely. 46 points, 15 boards, 7 assists, 7 blocks. That's in 34 minutes. He's 14 to 20 from the floor. And another sneaky, maybe more important deal here, not just 2 or 3 from 3, but 16 to 19 from the free throw line. And, and the NBA world is losing its mind this morning. The last NBA player to put up at least 40 points, 7 assists, and 7 blocks in a single game, Julius Irving in 1982. And if you want to go even more historical perspective, the last player to put up at least 40 points, 15 boards, 7 assists, 7 blocks, that was Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, and it took him four overtimes to do it in 1980. So just the, the literally the epitome of a monster stat sheet stuffer. And this kind of just continues the conversation we've been having, Ryan, about Philadelphia and the fact that if you love what they've done, if you love the process, then... This is one of the examples that, that vindicates it because you say, 
all right, for every New Orleans Noel, there's going to be a Joel Embiid and a Ben Simmons. And last night, I'm thinking, oh, Simmons versus Ball. This is going to be a ton of fun. Instead, Embiid completely wipes away everybody. Simmons still had a great night. Lonzo was terrible. We'll get to that in a second. But Embiid, like, that's, that's exactly what you pay for. That is as good as advertised. I don't even know if we will get to Lonzo because the Embiid part of it is so great. It is making me rethink what I think young teams can do. I loved Embiid, okay, out of the draft. I thought he was the best player, but I understood teams not wanting to take him and being afraid, but I liked that Hinky took him third. He sits for two years. He plays 31 games total in his third season, and I'm going, hey, I know how good he could be, but he's he's always hurt. Like, how do you deal with this? And it wasn't just now that he's good. It's that we're looking at somebody who can really force us to ask insane questions, going, how soon could he be the best player in the NBA? Does he change the way we look at small lineups? Because look what the Lakers try to do. They tried to go small with Randall against him, and he owned him. And I don't know what Luke Walton was doing with some of the defensive matchups last night. And you know maybe that's unfair because it's still Embiid when somebody's this special. And you can't foul him like you can foul other big guys because he makes all of his free throws. And if you do go and double-team Embiid, he's going to find the right pass to make. So that's the scary thing about this Sixers team that, again, I thought I liked the Rock. I like the talent, but I expect them to be bad because it's a young team and those teams are bad on defense. And instead, they pass it more than anybody else in the NBA. The offense at times hasn't been great, but last night it was overwhelming. They're average defensively, which is still pretty impressive for a team that hasn't really even played together. They're insanely long when it's Embiid, Sarich, Simmons, and Covington, who's 6'9", and his job apparently is to never miss three-point shots. So that's four dudes that are enormous just clogging up the lanes. and. Simmons has great vision. Saric can pass. And Embiid is a great passer for a guy his size. I, the first thing that stood out to me when I watched him at Kansas, and you watch his improvement from the beginning to the end of that one season at Kansas, you go, wait a minute, he's getting into the post now, he sees the double come across, and he's immediately kicking it out opposite to a three-point shooter. This is crazy. How does he already understand all these things? So you can see these things here, but i got to tell you, there's still this little part of me that goes, well, more often than not, yeah, man, this young team... They're going to have this weird stretch where they are under 500. They're not this great. They're not, but it's almost like the rules are broken because every week we're finding this new young NBA player that makes us wonder, is this guy going to be the best player in the NBA in a couple of years? And Embiid announced his presence last night in a late game in LA where they've been out there for the whole week. And it's, it's just, you're in awe of the whole thing. And like you said, injuries are always a part of things, and obviously with Embiid's career, there's always going to be some concern. That, that, that just exists, I think, anytime with big men in general. But obviously, as you, you mentioned, the fact that he kind of got a slow start to his career. But obviously, these kinds of games are not always going to be happening, but they're, they're a glimpse of potential. They're a glimpse of what could be a consistent 2010-type force. And even Simmons said he was on the cusp of triple-double. He had 18 points, 10 assists, 9 rebounds. That alone from Ben Simmons is worth celebrating and a great night. But instead he gets overshadowed by how good Embiid was. And he was joking. I could have a triple-double, but Embiid took one of my rebounds. Yeah, Embiid has the night he has. And the pregame on Countdown for us here at ESPN was, is Ben Simmons the greatest rookie ever? Now, yes, that seems a bit, you know, that's that's an aggressive statement. Right. But look what the Sixers did with him. And I love Brett Brown. I want a Brett Brown jersey. I want a jersey that celebrates a coach that sees 610 Ben Simmons and goes, you know what? Go play point guard. And then when we bring in some guards, you're going to go play power forward. Go be all of these things because you can do them all. And Simmons can't even shoot. 
Simmons dribbles into these spots where he's wide open, seven, ten feet away from the hoop, and he won't. He's got this weird jump hook. He did this underhand shot. He can't shoot right now, and he's dominating people as a rookie. Here's Embiid. I love LA. I love the Staples Center. So uh, I wanted to come by here and like put on a show. So I did. You've been telling us you're not quite in shape yet. It's kind of hard to believe after a game like that. Yeah, I mean, when I'm saying like I'm not in shape, it's just about like basketball. Like shit, like uh, uh, I'm still not dead. I got the, I got a little bit tired on uh, towards the end, but uh, it's getting there. Man, I played what 35 minutes tonight again, so it's getting there. Think about this league, and this is the tweet I sent out today. I go, this is like exploring in the late 1400s, where you'd get on your boat and then you'd hit up some island, and you go, man, look at all this fruit and zinc, and then you get to the next island, and you go, we have fruit, zinc, and silver, and you're like, next thing you know, you're in, you're in Venezuela, and you go, we got waterfalls, we've got gold. We have cows. We've got all sorts of stuff. Like every we started going, is Giannis going to be the best player? Could he be the MVP? Is Porzingis actually a guy that can carry a franchise? Look at what Ben Simmons is doing as a rookie. Look at Jokic out in Denver. Oh my God. Like, okay, so Embiid is good too. Is Carl Anthony Towns the guy you'd most want? Every week, the evolution of the NBA human has been rapid and it's almost overwhelming here in two years. And Embiid, if he's healthy, may be better than all of these dudes and better than anybody that's playing right now in this league in a couple years. Again, that seems really aggressive and I, I understand that. But here's Windhorst, what, just a week ago talking about the personality of Embiid. It's this week. Okay. The key is, is that he knows he can do it. He knows when his, when his opponents can't handle him. He courts it. He loves uh, going up against Andre Drummond. He wants to embarrass him. He wants to embarrass Hassan Whiteside. He wants to embarrass DeAndre Jordan. That type of personality, combined with the type of talent he has, is the recipe for what a great player is. Kobe knew at a certain point in his career he couldn't be defended. Other players don't have it. Like Andrew Wiggins has the ability to do that a little bit, but he doesn't have the personality. You look at Embiid, he's got it. And that's one of the things that my goodness, if he stays healthy, because of that killer attitude, he's got the whole package. One last thing here for me, Adnan, and that is when I watched him against the, against the Clippers earlier this week, you know, Willie Reed got so mad that he tried to tackle him. And <laughs> Embiid laughed at him. He laughed at Willie Reed. He looked at DeAndre Jordan. He stared down Blake Griffin and was just looking at him. And last night somebody started messing with him, and he didn't get mad. He just... It was a young player in now his second year of playing looking at an opponent and he looked like he felt bad for the opponent because it's like you just, there's nothing you can do with me. There's nothing you guys can do with me. So you can try to mess with me, but like it ain't happening, man. Yeah, with some young players, it's like this cockiness, it's a swagger, but with him it's almost different. It's almost like an adult-type confidence. It's almost like veering on arrogance, which is actually what you want in a young player. It's almost like you said, you can't mess with me. Like, I'm not out here to put on a show for you, but I'm just going to let my skills stand for themselves, and if there's a little bit of a flash on top of it, that's great. Like he said last night, I wish there was more trash talkers in L.A. Like, he's, he's scoffing at the fact that nobody can put up with him. And I'm like, in this case... That type of confidence, I take that as a positive. Maybe it's a little bit arrogant, sure, but it's, it, it feels like there's substance to back it up. Maybe that's why I don't mind the fact he's got that attitude to him. The Ryan Rossillo Show. Rossillo. Before we get all the college football stuff, I want to compliment millennials, okay? You guys take a lot of heat. We blame the Olympic ratings on you. Um, what else do we blame you for? The decline of print media, I think. Yeah, you guys are killing newspapers because I used to love reading newspapers, man. I read one the other day that was like, are millennials eating too many sandwiches? And you're like, 
Are you what? guys not eating sandwiches? No, too many sandwiches. They eat too many sandwiches. Like, what? Hmm. That's might be a good point, though. What else are you blamed for, Saruti? you got to add in Verk here. Rosillo Show on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Last year, over 3 million drivers switched to Progressive. Call or click today and find out if you could save. Napkins. Nobody's using napkins anymore. Millennials hate napkins. Well, I read a thing about how many millions of people fly, and that's that's millions of cocktail napkins. Just you could say, hey, like that's the thing is you go like, am I supposed to worry about the napkin industry or Earth? <laughs> like, I'm sorry to the napkin makers listening to the show right now, but is that how's that on millennials? All right, here's why. Here's the NBA millennial thing, and it's very quick. I uh, sorry, cord cutting is a huge one too. People blame millennials for saying everyone's streaming yeah, but you on know Netflix, what? et cetera. But that's going to turn around. That's yeah. going to turn around. Yeah, I, go I have a little confidence. So Good. when I look at today's NBA young player, like nobody likes the arrogant millennial at the office. And look, I'll admit I don't like it either. <laughs> but the way these young players are playing in the NBA and they're expecting to be great right away and they're, they're playing almost in a dis- disrespectful manner, like, that's actually a good thing. These young guys are not coming into the league being polite. They are walking into your house and they are putting their feet up on your coffee table without even introducing themselves. Saying, what's up? Yeah, hey, I'm here. Right. And when you're playing basketball, it's not great for your everyday guy in life, but when you're playing hoops, that's exactly the way you want to be. So arrogant, entitled, I'm here, I'm not waiting for my thing, millennial, who we all hate in the workforce, is great for the NBA. What do you think of that? 100%, because you don't want to be deferential. Is that a book? Did I just come up with a book deal? It could be a good, like, yeah, maybe shorten it, make it catch your title. Well, I'm going to need it to be longer. Okay. I'm not printing a pamphlet here. But I think that that concept of, yeah, like in the past, rookies would come in, head down. or Know uh, your place. Right, know your place. There's some sort of uh, initiation. Like, how much do you hate the millennials stuff? that work on the college football stuff on Saturday? Like, know your place. All right. No, I, I don't think that's the case. But some, you, sometimes, you complain about those guys all the time. Well, no, so all I'll say is that they'll give like plays and stuff. They'll say, well, I noticed this. And I'm like, well, why don't you check with Jesse and Joy? Like, they actually played. Yeah. Like, those, they not, played. You didn't. Right. I don't yeah. want to be that guy. But like, well, no, I think it was more the defensive yeah. pressure. It's okay to dislike that guy. What I'm telling you, though, is when yeah. Ben Simmons is going, I'm sorry, man. Like, I know I sat out a year and I'm a rookie, but. Yeah, but I'm not going to wait up? my turn. I'm 6'10. Get Let's out of the way. Let's go and get this done. I, I love it. I love that theory. All right, I'm just throwing it out there. Get in touch with us at Rosillo Show, 1-800-Flowers.com, Twitter feed. Give me your top five college football vacancies, okay, or yeah. potential vacancies, because a lot of stuff going around. Well, the biggest one, of course, Chip Kelly works with us on ESPN2, does a great job with Chris Cotter, Jonathan Vilma. Did he not text Vilma back? Were you guys trying to get him on the show last Unbelievable. night? Unbelievable. We tried with with great effort. Oh! And when I saw Chip Saturday, first thing I said, I hope you don't mind. We were having a lot of fun at your expense, but trying to get in the show. He's like, yeah, I got a text from later on, but I was just kind of out and about. I'm like, no, I got you. Like, I'm not going to put you on the spot. But afterwards, Velma was giving it to me. He's like, yeah, yeah. And then look who I found. Look, Chip's over there. I'm like, okay. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll get him next time. Maybe that's because Chip's my guy and he <laughs> didn't want to come that, on the show. That's what Michelle had said. She goes, if we get Chip on when Marcillo's not here, like, that's. I said, okay, maybe, maybe it's probably for the best. And then Chip did not get back to Velma. But another producer used to do that with me, Charles Barkley, all the time. Hang on. Charles is your favorite athlete of all time. That can't happen. That's why they used to book him when I was gone. <laughs> So we're uh, trying to guess where Chip's going to go, and Velma and I and Connor and all of us are always bugging him. Yeah. And, and we all say, listen, you you're trying to bug him? You think he's going to tell you? <laughs> yeah. I, that just, gets to guarantee just, that. Right. Just give us an indication. We're not, listen, we're not asking for a, a little tease. Deal. Just a tease. Exactly. Yeah. And we all keep saying UCLA would be awesome. 
for Chip. With all the talent he was able to recruit at Oregon on the West Coast, mm-hmm. imagine UCLA, L.A., stockpile full of good athletes. UCLA, more obviously underachiever. UCLA-USC, obviously a big game this weekend. Um, Rosen Donald's showdown, but... I. We just feel like UCLA would be an attractive opening if indeed Jim Moore does get like. So wait a minute, is this top five for Chip Kelly or top, top five, five in general? I think UCLA. You put UCLA I number have one. Florida. Florida's number one, but we're, I was looking at Chip specifically. Okay. Florida's number one again. Talent rich landscape, major school, pedigree, SEC Eastern, very good. Florida. Florida's one. You know what I would think would be nuts? Like if you ask the Bruce Feldmans, um. You know, the Andy Staples, some of the guys that we have on the show. Mm-hmm. And the way they talk about jobs and the facilities, there's always that kind of facilities. They're big on the facilities. <laughs> airport the weight room. Thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Will Kane was giving me a hard time yesterday because I kept referencing airports. But, but that's what, yeah, because he was big on Nebraska. He was very big on Nebraska. Like we that, had some yeah. Nebraska fans that were excited about Will's support of them. Yeah, but I, I thought to myself, it. like, I don't. Lincoln. I don't know if Nebraska's ever. Well, here's my. If you I had that money. You the state, the lack of talent. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's 1.6 million people in Nebraska. Right. It's tough and, to recruit. And my point of Nebraska was how many great prospects outside of the state would go, you know what? You know where I want to go? Right. Is Nebraska. Yeah. And I don't think that that's no, but I, I think, think that's your point, absurd. But your point, which is that most national champions are coming from a place that is well-known. That's why you want to go with a Florida or a UCLA or Tennessee. Oh, wait a minute. We're at 1.9 million people in Nebraska. You don't, you know, Pardon me. People of Lincoln getting an influx of population. Yeah, back in the 40s, there was a dip. I don't know if you guys know this, but back in 1933, about 1.4 million in Nebraska. Agriculture. Yeah. Yep. And then you, know, you fast forward 10 years, there was a little bit of a population migration. Right. And then we've been on a steady, a slow but steady rise in Nebraska since 1944. So, Florida is the job news. people would want. And Scott Frost, of course, did a great job at UCF indications maybe he could take the Gators job. I think Florida's one. I think UCLA two, Tennessee three, Ole Miss four. SEC's what about top. A&M? Did you not A&M, put A&M? A&M, 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 A&M if someone, someone were if out. someone get like, yeah, okay, A&M, SEC. Some people would tell you A&M's number one. I wouldn't go that high, personally. I, I would still take Florida. I mean, I understand. Would you take, I would, guess the reasoning is Texas, again, you've got a great population, great recruits, a lot of talent to look forward to. you got support from the administration. The money situation is great, yeah. but it's also uh, can be overbearing. Is UCLA right. is overbearing as A and M? No, I don't, I don't think anybody would say that. No, to me, it's recruiting. So you go Florida. Yeah. I think A and M would be two, and then UCLA three. Yeah. What about Arkansas? Tough one. Didn't make didn't make the top five for you. Tough. We could probably do a more thorough version of that. <laughs> no, but I like the nineteen uh, thirties inclusion about Nebraska. I mean, we give thought it was important to get that in there. No, no question. Like what happened in the early forties? Yeah, we yeah. don't want to cheat them. Yeah, fell off a little bit. In life, there are talkers and there are doers. Sometimes it's not hard to tell the difference. Mike Bloomberg has spent his life getting big things done. Starting his business out of a one-room office, Mike built a company with 20,000 employees, all with good pay and quality health care. Elected mayor in the aftermath of 9-11, Mike got to work helping rebuild a shaken city, creating nearly 500,000 new jobs and expanding health care for nearly 700,000 New Yorkers. Now, there's a clear choice. Do you want a debater or a doer? Someone who can fix health care, who's done it. A guy who's unafraid of tough challenges, who has a track record creating jobs, who's taken on the NRA and won. That's Mike Bloomberg, a proven leader who can unite our country and get big things done. That's who can beat Trump. 
That's who we need in the White House. I'm Mike Bloomberg, candidate for president, and I approve this message. Paid for by Mike Bloomberg 2020. An interesting creature inhabits the flat, arid plains of many an automobile dashboard, the bobblehead. It's most agreeable and will nod along to anything, despite having no brain function. But when the bobblehead hears how Geico not only saves people money, but also gives them access to licensed agents 24-7 online and over the phone, he'll nod even more vigorously, because he knows you should switch. Because yes, switching to Geico is a no-brainer. Easy, bobblehead, easy. You're going to get whiplash. Joining us here on the Rosilla Show with Adnan, it's Kirby Hocutt on the Shell Penzo Performance Line. Okay, Kirby, let's get right to it. Uh, we had a little bit more drama with this, and I think the biggest reaction when people looked at the unveiling of this is that Clemson at number two, still ahead of Miami, still ahead of Oklahoma. So before I even get to the Clemson-Miami thing, do you feel like the committee, apparently with the rankings here, that against, say, Auburn, um, Virginia Tech, you know, NC State, these teams that you like Clemson's wins more than, say, Oklahoma's wins against TCU, Oklahoma State, and Ohio State? Well, the, the selection committee is impressed with the body of work of, of both teams. Um, not not much separation in the top five teams. Uh, definitely not much separation between the, the three that you just mentioned, Clemson, Miami, Oklahoma, both uh, impressive wins that you just mentioned. Um, so, you know, we impressed with both teams our charge is to go deeper and when there's such small separation uh, between these teams we really parse every every piece of their resume and uh, we've done that and gave the edge to Clemson at that number two spot this week but uh, not a lot of separation uh, the quality wins for for both teams that you mentioned um, Oklahoma you know the three wins that you mentioned all top 13 teams in this week rankings those are some of the most impressive wins of the year no no question so if you're telling me there's all this um this this group of, of five at the top here that it was very very close how would that separation compare uh the lack of separation now compare with whatever separation we had say the previous week where it was georgia alabama and then a one loss notre dame yeah, the, you know, it's uh week to week things change uh within this game. A uh, number of 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 upsets that happened the week before uh ranking these inconsistent teams. Uh, these are comparable teams uh after, you know, what the first I guess the first um 10 weeks of the college football season. So, um it's it's close. I, I don't know exactly how to answer that question, but uh, the the five teams that are one through five this week are, are close in the eyes of the selection committee after ten weeks. Uh, actually, eleven weeks. I'm sorry, eleven weeks of the college football season. Talking with now Kirby Hokut, college football playoffs chairman. Um, Kirby, I'm just curious about the conversation that the committee has had between Auburn and Wisconsin. Of course, the Badgers' first ten and zero start in program history. Auburn. Uh, with a couple of losses, but obviously some great victories and a dominating one that we just saw this past Saturday. How uh, did the committee line up those two teams, Auburn and Wisconsin? Well, th- there's some separation uh, in between five Wisconsin and six Auburn right now. I wouldn't say that you know Auburn is as close to those top five teams as, as one through five is together. Uh, Auburn, we've said, is, is the best two-loss team in the country uh, as of this particular uh, week in college football. Uh, we've said all, all year long that Auburn's a, a physical football team on both sides of the ball. Obviously, uh, their convincing win against Georgia 
uh, impress the selection committee, also a quality win over a, a good Mississippi State team. So, uh, but in comparison to to Wisconsin, there is some separation between Wisconsin at number five and Auburn at number six. And, and also, just kind of looking ahead, then this weekend's going to be kind of tricky. I imagine Kirby because Clemson's hosting the Citadel. You know, Oklahoma's facing Kansas. Um, you know, Miami better game against Virginia noon Eastern on ABC. But do you find that? I mean, obviously, you're not necessarily just going week to week. You're trying to forecast and see where things end up. But two teams right now from the ACC in the top four, what would you say is the likelihood that ends up being the final result? Well, we are very uh, focused and, and careful within our deliberations, our discussions, uh, that, that we, don't look, we don't look forward. We, we stay focused on what has transpired up to this particular time uh, within the college football season and uh we we make certain of that 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 we don't look forward and then uh secondly our charge is to rank the the best teams in the country the the um you know the league affiliation the conference affiliation with these particular teams that's that's not mentioned uh within within our our debate and our discussions the only time that comes up or with our conference reports at the beginning of our meetings our our we have two liaisons from the selection committee that serve as point people with particular conferences and they at the beginning of our meeting they'll give their conference report but outside of that conference report we don't we don't look at how many teams in a particular league are, are ranked in 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 this week's rankings Clemson uh, against Miami. How much is the Kelly Bryant injury uh, being talked about in the room in kind of defending Clemson's position right now in the rankings? Well, I I wouldn't say it's defending uh, Clemson's one loss, but it is uh, noted by the selection committee that that one loss came when uh, the quarterback was was injured to begin the game and then was concussed in the second quarter and missed the second half. So uh, the selection committee is, is well aware of that. Uh, that's a loss that was on the road uh, to Syracuse, uh, Oklahoma's loss being at home to Iowa State. So we're, we're discussing um, all of the, the wins, as you mentioned earlier, Ryan. We're also talking about the losses, what transpired uh, within those wins, what transpired within those losses, and, and, and uh, making sure that we separate and continue to evaluate these teams we, each week given the results that take place. I, I last one for me, Kirby. I know you mentioned the fact that you're trying to just look at the best teams and not focus on balance, but no Pac-12 teams right now in the top 10. USC's at 11. They're hosting UCLA. So by that arithmetic, unless there's upsets, it's it's going to be tricky to get a team in the top 10, correct? Well, you know, again, we, we look at Southern California um, as, as a football team. We don't look at them as a uh, member of – their particular conference, uh, but we are impressed with Southern California. It's a team that's playing very good right now. Um, a team who had significant injuries um, at the beginning of the season, and they are getting healthy. They're getting all those players back. Uh, they had the loss to Washington State, where a significant number of those, those players were injured. Uh, they're back. They obviously uh, uh, have the loss to to a very good Notre Dame team. So we look at Southern California as a, a very good college football team this year, uh, deserving the number 11 ranking. And uh, we're excited to see 
uh, what they do the remainder uh, of the season, which is only one game for them because they have not had a bye week. So uh, we look forward to seeing how they finish uh, this weekend and oh. then um, see what, what uh, happens in, 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 champ- in the conference championship weekend here in a few weekends. Yeah, same here, man. Look forward to talking to you next week, Kirby. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Ryan. The Ryan Rosillo Show. Rosillo. Thor, go. Thor Ragnarok, the latest adventure from the Marvel Universe, 92% on Rotten Tomatoes. So I said, I've got to see it if people seem to love it so much, both critics and fans alike. And I thought it worked at a good pace. Are you quoting Rotten Tomatoes right now? No, I'm just, that's how I talk. So I thought it was really well paced. Normally those movies tend to drag a little bit. And this is the whole feel that I have, Ryan, with these movies, is they're trying to jam as many superheroes in one film as possible, just as they're doing with Justice League, which is coming out this weekend. A lot of people are down on it, too. Yeah, 40% run to it is probably terrible. So people are smart enough to go, you can't just crush together a bunch of heroes and figure it's going to work. But with Thor, you've got Loki, you've got Hulk, so it tends to be a nice bromance. Kate Blanchett's in the movie. She's great, playing uh, Thor's sister. So even as somebody who doesn't know the iconography and the mythology as well as somebody who's a real comic book head, I'm able to follow it along, and it's funny. It's genuinely funny. I think they're following the template of a movie like Deadpool, which is so funny and so irreverent that they're trying to kind of follow Oh, they're doing some of that deal? It's it's not the R-rated comedy, profane comedy like Ryan Reynolds, but but I I think it's funnier than most Marvel Super movies. I I feel like the God of Thunder, though, is above that. And I was about to say, I I get your hesitation because you go, all right, just because Deadpool is so great, let's not start all making them like this, right? Imitation all of a sudden becomes this form of flattery, like Thor is not really a funny, wisecracking kind of guy. He isn't. Right? He's not got, the Thor I know. He's got the hammer. He's ready to go. But I enjoyed it. And one of the best parts of it, we once did overrated, underrated, properly rated. You know, I said Jeff Goldblum is very underrated. So he said he's properly rated because everyone loves Jeff Properly Goldblum. rated. So Jeff Goldblum is great in Thor. Strong sporting performance. If you need more reason to like it. I think you had Jeff Goldblum is overrated, if I'm not mistaken. Overrated. Did I? But he is in the movie. If, that, like if he's... that's a... Properly yeah. rated. Oh, you know what? I think I, I think I did. I think because it's like his his weird. Yes. And everybody's like, oh, you yeah. know, it's oh, it's so amazing. I'm like, he's all right, but then uh, yeah, maybe overrated. He's got blue fingernails in this one. He's kind of creepy. He's very eccentric, but I love Jeff Goldblum. So go check it out. You are absolutely right, though, about putting too many heroes in the same deal. Imagine if ESPN said, hey, we need to shake things up a little bit. We're going to get Van Pelt, Mike and Mike, Stephen A, and we're going to have Bob Lee stop by, you know, and then it's going to be. <sighs> That's a lot of star power. Round things out here. Right. Uh, you know, just, hey, like, you got a show. You guys all have a show now. We'll throw like Katie Nolan in there. Katie Nolan's big star, okay, right? right? So Katie Nolan's in there now, and it's like, all right, go. That's like too Avengers. much. Eventually, you go, somebody's not getting enough time. Like when you watch the Avengers, you go, hey, Jeremy Renner's awesome. Hawkeye, but he's not getting enough love. Hawkeye's here. just kind of boring. Like, right. Bow and yeah. Arrow, we get it. You know, it's called Robin Hood. <laughs> he already is kind of a weak superhero. Then you're right. Yeah. Against those guys, he's getting completely diminished. Like Hawkeye's a standalone film. Like <laughs> Hawkeye standalone? No, the backstory's not as interesting. Right. You know, that's why they were one of the deals they go, hey, you're going to become an evil guy because your whole thing. I mean, that's my whole stance against Black Widow. You guys say it's it's sexist. It isn't. She's boring. Right. It just is. You, you know? hype for Black like, Panther. They had the trailer for that movie yesterday. Right. Okay. So Again. what else? What other ones are coming out? Do you know of any other ones? What's the most obscure hero movie that's coming out? I don't know. Justice League, obviously, everyone's talking about this weekend. Black Panther next year. Justice League's getting destroyed. Yeah, people like, are saying it's awful. Which, if you think about it, Batman vs. Superman, I don't think you you or I were a fan I of I haven't even watched it. I caught some of it right. on, on a plane, and you know Zuckerberg there was playing the evil guy, right? And Jesse he, Eisenberg yeah. was awful, yeah. yeah and he but did, who played Zuckerberg in the social He network. was trying to do this kind of long-winded Lex Luthor deal. Oh. and Irritating. It, it wasn't... It, it was like... It was trying to be so deep. It was almost as if 
Zuckerberg from the social network took peyote and then was fighting Batman <laughs> and then gave him a speech. Right. And so that's like not a crescendo. Right. Yeah. Peyote, Facebook, they don't add up. Batman versus Superman was a disappointment. Yes, Rudy? It, wa- it wasn't as much of a disappointment as Suicide Squad. Suicide that was Squad, the worst awful. Another example of putting a ton of superheroes together, and only one was great. Harley Quinn is Margot Robbie. Or excuse me, Margot Robbie is Harley Quinn. The rest of it, you're like, this is just pointless. I was offended Harley Quinn, Harley Quinn's Margot Robbie? What were you saying, Suri? Sorry. I was offended when I walked out of that movie. Yeah, I was awful. Offended? Yep. So DC's not been able to pull it together. Is that what we're hearing? All right. Outsider, you love comic books. Still. Yeah, Outsider should chime in. Yeah, I, no, it's just a lot of DC hate going on around here. I don't know. I mean, yeah, the storytelling is a little bit... It's not up to you know Marvel speed, but it's not that bad. Okay. Well, speaking of storytelling, you have a story to tell. Oh. People are accusing you in this new, the new hot, that you're the, the you're, that you have a wig. Yeah, that Will Kane yesterday. Uh, well, first he thought I was coloring my hair. You're not coloring your hair. <sighs> well, define coloring. Changing it to a different color. Well, then maybe, yeah. <laughs> Not that there's anything wrong with that. He's like, Will wasn't being critical, was he? He was just asking. No, I don't think he was being a crit- I don't think he was taking a shot at me. I think he he liked it, but he was just what a are little you bit doing? startled by it. Your hair is thicker it's and darker. It's definitely thicker. There's right. no question. All I'm doing is I'm I'm using this stuff that you sprinkle on your head that, that volumizes your hair. But, yeah, it's not maybe the exact same color of my regular hair. Right, but everyone so says it so looks great. You're using a volumizer, and you're also using a little bit of color. Yeah, but now Will Kane is saying, well, that's the same thing as a piece. No, it's not. That. Are you kidding? <laughs> How does volumizer and uh, a little bit of color all of a sudden mean a toupee? He Come said, on, outsider. You're going to stand up for yourself, man. He said, would it hold up in the rain? And I said, no. And he goes, yeah. then it's a piece. Yeah, I, I think that's being a little strict with it. So you're doing a full makeover. What stage are we right now? I know we're in the final stages, and I tried to actually do it gradually so it wasn't so startling to people. It freaked people yeah. out, man. No, I don't, everyone says. No, that it I looks listen. Great. I think you look good. I, I bet you, I just... think you look great. Like I didn't see it in a while. I'm like, oh man, the hair's thicker. What's next? Something. Veneers, calf implants. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Feeling what do you, good though. What do you want to do next to improve yourself? To improve myself? Yeah. I don't know. Get rich. Good goal. Put that on Instagram. I think he's or well die way. trying. Nobody's trying to stop me. No, nothing is beyond me. I'm coming at you faster. No stopping what matters. Now that Human Resources VP Meg Ward has Kronos for HR, payroll, talent, and time, she's totally owning it at work. She even has her own hype song. I'm going to blow it up now. My workforce is really diverse. You know, different hours, different skill sets, different pay grades. We're motivating and engaging the right people every step of the way. Kronos, hey, HR solutions for the modern workforce. Learn more at Kronos.com slash HR Swagger. This week's sit-down is going to be... What are we doing that, tomorrow now? I'm confused. All right, tomorrow, yeah. yeah. We'll do that one tomorrow. Dante Jones just taped it with him. Dante Jones, formerly of the Cavs, uh, asking about being down 3-1. You may have heard this, but the Warriors in 2016 blew a 3-1 lead. Uh, what was going on on the road? What were the guys doing? And then, ultimately, Dante Jones, the Halloween party with the Steph Curry corpse. 
he tells me exactly why that story became a much bigger deal than it should have been. And that's not just the normal tease of like, why this huge thing wasn't really that big of a thing. Uh, LeBron's taking too much blame for it. So that'll be tomorrow's sit-down. Adnan Burke today, The Rosillo Show, it's ESPN Radio. I want to run through the top-seeded AFC-NFC teams and then see how deep we go mm-hmm. and see how many you actually pick from the AFC to win if you just went seed for seed. Got All it. right? I like it. Okay. So Pittsburgh against Philly. Taking the Eagles. Not a shock. Yeah. I agree with you. Thank okay. you. Okay. New England against... Mm, Vikings. Yep, the Vikings. I'm taking New England. Okay. You agree with me? Yeah. Okay. Kansas City against the Saints. I love the Saints right now. They've won seven straight after the 0-2 start. They've never rushed the ball more in the Breeze era. Unbelievable. Defense right. is great. Yeah, I think most people would agree with this. Number four seeds, Rams against the Titans. I will take the Rams. Highest scoring offense right now. Goff is great on the road, as good as he is on, at home. I, there's no debate on that yeah. one. All right, yeah. Jags against the Panthers. Jags. Whoa, look number, out. Number one scoring defense in the AFC. Look at all this prep you did. Fournette's been a little bit quiet the last three games ever since the bum ankle. Bortles was not great last week, fourth quarter in OT, but their D is sick. Not great would be an understatement. He, was, <laughs> he, was, he threw two he was, picks and two minutes to go in the game. They still won. It was yeah. a disaster. It was 9 of 16 in the yeah. fourth quarter in overtime. Zero touchdowns, two picks. That's yeah. a classic. The quarterback got the win. Yeah. So we're going to tell a completely different story than what actually <laughs> happened on the field. Yeah. Uh, number six seed, your Bills with a new QB against the Seahawks. The Seahawks, come on. All right, so Eve, all right, so let's keep doing this. The seventh seeded team in the AFC right now is the Baltimore Ravens at right. four and five. If Brutal. you've watched them at all, they're terrible. Brutal. A very misleading four and five. Normally, like because they were two and zero, oh, right? And they were back. Mm-hmm. I don't know if people remember that, but the Ravens were it's back, folks. They have lost what three of four. Their only win was that weird game against the Dolphins. They killed them. Um. So your seven seeds are Atlanta, who... Atlanta's been disappointing. Yeah, but in the Super Bowl last year... Correct. Okay, eight seed Lions against the Raiders. The Raiders got New England. It, Raiders went from the number seven offense last year to number 16, and the defense isn't nearly as good, so I'm going to go with the Lions at five and four. Stafford could be a little bit herky-jerky, but I, I mean, again, Detroit. I feel confident against the Raiders. Okay, the, the, I'm going to stop at 10 because we could keep doing this. Sure. Or 11. The Dolphins are the nine seed in the AFC... The Packers are the nine seed in the NFC. Again, it's the Packers without Rodgers, but obviously they won last week. Hundley played better. Again, it feels like no contest. NFC wins again. And number 10, the New York Jets are number 10 at four and six. I guess number 10, the Cowboys. This is like, that's a, that's, did that's you a realize rough. it was this bad is my whole point of this exercise? The 10 is the Jets against the Cowboys. 11 is the Washington Redskins against the Houston Texans. I did not realize it was that bad. I feel like if we just keep going the whole way through, we would get the same result. But it's 10 of 11. You went 9 of 10 because you had the Jags. Right. It's always a fun conversation. We do it, obviously, in the NBA a ton, the East versus West. But I, I did not realize the disparity was this strong in the NFL either. Like, if you had just asked me off the off the cuff, I'm like, yeah, NFC's better. But I wouldn't have thought to that extent. Reseeding. I well, yeah, we don't have to do the <laughs> reseeding thing because that becomes really Best team in the AFC, best team in the NFC, and then just another 10 teams. I'm just, I don't know. I, I was surprised by that whole thing. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. Pick from a range of coverage options with a name your price tool to find a price that works for you. So if we did that same exercise, but obviously not as long for mm-hmm. the whole deal. Okay. Pittsburgh could win a Super Bowl, right? Yeah. Pats, yep. Chiefs, I'm less confident now in this offense, right? They had that great start. Well, I think it's the defense has been the issue. But. Right. 
But even even we sure. said before with the five and zero start, you're like, do you really trust Alex Smith under pressure? Blah blah blah. The Kareem and, Hunt correction was coming. Right, okay. he was unbelievable, and now he's he's a rookie. He's not going to be unbelievable every week. So questionable on three teams out of the AFC. Eagles, yeah. yes. Vikings, I'm sorry, no. I, I still would not. Like if the Vikings Case won the can. Super Bowl, I'd go. That's still kind of weird. Yes, great defense, but without if Case Keenum leading the way, it's, it's Saints. Saints, I wouldn't be shocked at by now. I mean, listen, I mentioned the running game, how great Kamara's been, obviously, and Ingram together, but Breeze is actually on pace to throw 4,200 yards, which would be his lowest since 2005, but he's completing 70% or more of his passes in four straight games. So he's unbelievably accurate. He throws a little less yards because their running game's so good, and their defense give up 17 points or fewer in four straight. That's one that I think if somebody told me a few weeks ago the Saints win the Super Bowl, I'd be shocked. And now I'd say, actually, that makes a lot of sense. That team's really good. Okay, the Saints are actually fifth in defensive efficiency. Yeah. Uh, if if I said the Rams won the Super Bowl. That one, I just, again, I know realize the offense is awesome. Goff, 10 touchdowns, no picks on the road. Gurley's been really good, obviously, giving him support. But that one would still shock me if the Rams did win the Super Bowl. That seems to me the Rams are that team that goes, yeah, maybe they win the division. Uh, they have an excellent season. Maybe they're 10-6, and six, but in the playoffs, I don't have a lot of faith in them just because of the lack of, of experience. All right. Okay, so that, if, as we were looking at those metrics and doing that stuff, um, ironically enough, the Rams are the number one defensive team in the league if you nice. look at just the metrics. So everything being qualified and everybody balancing for schedule and opponent and all that stuff, yeah. it's actually the Rams right now ahead of a New Orleans team that more people will probably tell you today would be a less surprising Super Bowl winner. Yeah. With that, and today, it's a Rosillo Show. It's ESPN Radio. We've got a mystery here um, on the show. I hate to break this on everybody here at the very end of the segment, but oh. uh, we've got donuts. They were using those. We have prop donuts for uh, Golik and Wingo show. Is that correct, Rudy? Yeah, a few boxes outside. So they're doing a photo shoot in the new studio. Oh, okay. You may recognize it. It used to be the studio I was in, but they've, uh, look, they got to bang that thing out. The show's going to have a certain look. That's great. It's awesome. Pump for those guys. But they got the donut deal going. So that means there's some donuts lying around. Oh, great. So if you want one. Did you have one today? I did not. I held off. Thanks. Though. Outsider grabbed one. And hey, Skinny has got a whole makeover. Why not? He's earned it. It's cheat day. Cheat day for him. And he, I saw what he did. He sat down his donut and then put it on a napkin, and it was very clearly eaten or half-eaten. And I just saw somebody from the department walk by the donut and then tear a piece of your half-eaten donut oh. off of it and then eat it. And for clarification, we can't eat in the studio. If someone's wondering why is it not something I just ate two tacos standing up in, a to- in front of a tour. And, you know, and I purposely ate exactly half of the donut just so anyone walking by would see, okay, that donut's been half eaten. So not right. Nobody wants it. a half eaten <laughs> donut. Clearly, either he's going to finish it or just don't you keep your paws off. Yep. And somebody not- just crushed it. They're like, hey, oh, half eaten donut. Great. Put hands on both ends, ripped it apart in the mouth, kept, kept it moving. Oh. May have licked it. And oh, you know, that, I don't, that part I'm not sure about. Yeah, that, that part we're not. Sorry, outsider. Maybe there's another one just like that. Are you going to eat the rest of that one? Well, you won't tell me who the person was. No. It, depending on who it is, not that on could depend on it. I can't. No, I can't tell you who it is. Sorry. I feel like I'd be snitching. I don't want to be snitching, but I just, I'm just telling you, you have a, a choice to make here with this thing. The Ryan Rossillo Show. You know if there'll be a theme for today's life advice. I, I like, you know, it does a lot of relationship stuff. A lot of guys out there listen to talk radio, sports talk radio. We appreciate you doing that, listening. And you're going, when's it going to happen for me? What do I need to do? So, uh, you know, look at look at Outsider. Mike has hair now. So Rudy is on version. He's Sarudi 3.0 in the last year. Smallman gets DMs from strangers. So everybody's doing great. 
Uh, it's Adney and Virk today, the Rosillo Show, ESPN Radio. Life advice brought to you by Upside.com. 888-SAY-ESPN. Call in now, 888-729-3776. Giving all business travelers the gift of a better travel experience this holiday season, Upside.com. I would just walk in and go, what's the plan, bro? Why are you sleeping until 1? We need to start stripping it back down to the base. It's your life and our advice. Let me fix your life, not just your back porch. Okay. Let's do Worldwide. this. Let's get this thing rolling. Triple H, say ESPN, 888-729-3776. We start in Atlanta with Tyler. What's up? Hey. Hey, how's it going? Great. Just great, man. Just great. All right. Love this segment. It's funny. Uh, so I got a little, not an issue, uh, just more of a question, and maybe what would you do? Uh, so started recently dating this girl. Uh, I'd say recent as in, like, August. And um, and I have a dog that I walk multiple times a day. Uh, so while I'm walking my dog a few weeks ago, I, uh, I look down as we're just on the sidewalk, and I find this necklace, like a gold chain necklace. It's uh, it's got like a little two pieces to it, uh, with like some, like probably some def- definitely fake diamonds in it. So I asked my sister, yep. um, what is, what's this necklace? Where's this from? Have you ever seen something like this before? And she says it's from, uh, most likely from like Victoria's Secret or whatever. And I'm thinking, okay. Um, okay. Now with Christmas coming up, yep. do I, do I, do I give it as a gift? No. That's my question. <laughs> it's it's a nice listen, necklace. We, we had the, we've had this out before. Thank you for calling in. But Ryan and I put this before. You actually have a question, or you just have a long, rambling story you'd like to tell. I don't think he needed advice from us. I don't think he wasn't sure what to do. No, you don't give the necklace. Goes, man, I love that segment. I'd lo- I would just wish one day I had some question I could ask these guys. So here's a rambling anecdote yeah. with no real question. Pretty obvious moral dilemma at the end. Yeah, you can't do that. Have you ever done something like that? Have you ever given me <laughs> a gift? It's brutal. Found it. <laughs> Never given a gift to somebody that's just you found? Like worse than the donut issue. Okay, let's go to Chase in Arizona. This guy sounds like a real wild card. Okay. Well, there you go. He was. Chase hung up on us. Oh, my God. That's unbelievable. He knew. He was made immediately. <laughs> well, what happened is he heard us blow up the other guy. He goes, that's it. You know what? I don't really have a question either. Okay. Triple H, say ESPN Life Advice. It's Bill in Florida. Hello, Bill. What's up, guys? I'm going to go rapid fire for you. I got a few. One of them is pretty good. The first one is I'm getting a golden retriever tomorrow. Got any names? Uh, Shruti's a dog guy. Shruti, you got one? Not Blitz. Not Blitz. Not Blitz. It's a girl. Uh, Heather. Susie. Daphne. Okay. All right. Daphne's, Daphne's not bad. Daphne's, Daphne's really good, good actually. Great dog name. Underrated right. name. Adnan, should I hold on this Brave Stock? Hold on. What's her? Brave Stock? Yes, sir. Uh, Brave's Liberty Media Group. It was like, you know, so the Packers, you could buy ownership in. Right. But now, I think the Braves, they actually have a way you can... um. You can buy in. They own like Formula One. No, they had a whole. Hold uh, on. Listen, they got Alex Anthopoulos from a Blue Jays GM, of course. Got the Blue Jays back into the playoffs. I think Alex is the right guy there. The team actually did I better this right. season. I'm sorry. I agree. I think Braves are on the rise. All right, uh, yeah. Ryan. Favorite peak in Jackson Hole. Favorite what? Teton. Favorite peak in Jackson Hole. Teton Village. It's been a few years since I've been out there. I'm trying to get back. Yeah, not the jail, I tell you that. The site, the site was not great on. there. Um, Let's move on. I would say right as you're getting towards Jackson Hole itself, it's incredible. And then there's that Snake River deal as you're driving down. Uh, it's incredible. I mean, look, the, the pictures are great. We'll post them one day The whole of the whole trip. Let's go to, uh, to Jackson <laughs> Let's go to North Carolina and talk to Anthony. Hey, um, 
Well, I'm from uh, originally from uh, Philly. Wife wants to be uh, buried in uh, North Carolina, where we currently reside. Wife is originally from New Orleans. We're trying to really pin down exactly where we should go with this. Where, where would you like to be buried? Philadelphia? Well, Philly, yeah, that's where we've only recently moved to North Carolina. Oh. So I want to be with the rest of the family, but I'm not 100% sure if that's the right move. Wow, a death question. Yeah, and I'm sorry, before. the rest of the family is in Philly? Yeah, rest of my family's in Philly. Yeah, no, you're going to be in Philly. No just wall. tell your wife, listen, I, listen, North Carolina's a beautiful country. I understand that, but got to all be together. we got one plot of land. So my wife, who's from a different city, New Orleans, should be buried in Philly as well? That's correct. Here's what you need to do. She's not from North Carolina, so. You need to do this. You go, whoever lasts longer gets their wish. Oh, that's perfect. Okay. There you go. You know, put some stakes into this whole thing. Okay, Marty in New York. Hey, how you guys doing? Long-time listener, first-time caller. I'm all in, Marty. Okay, listen to this. My, I love my little brother, but I cannot stand his new fiance. Their house is getting fumigated, and they can't be there for a couple of weeks. So he wants to know if he can come to stay with me with her, but I don't know if I should tell him to go to a hotel, hotel. or let him come here because I love my little brother, my niece and nephew, but I cannot stand her. Thank you for my call. Bye. Wait a minute. Two weeks fumigation? I mean, what are we talking about That's here? That's a heck of a fumigation. Yep. Tell you what, let's Dragons. The difference. One week with me, one week at the hotel. All right? You don't need to be a martyr. Yeah. Two weeks if you're going to drive or not, it, you can't take that yourself. But to be completely selfish, you put them in the hotel. So go, hey, I can give you one week. Because two-week fumigation is insane. Yeah, what? where do they live? <laughs> a cave? Right. You got so, one week with me. I think that's a great piece of advice right there. That Thanks, was great. Man. Life advice. Because that way you can be like, I'm not rude, right. but I'm also not totally jamming myself up. Mm-hmm. Okay. Works both ways. Thank you for listening to the Ryan Rossillo Show podcast. You can check out the show live weekdays at 1 Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on ESPN News. The Ryan Rossillo Show podcast.